Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. And so if you have your Bibles, if you wouldn't mind standing with me, we're going to read the word together. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. We're going to start in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And uh, I brought my Bible. I don't know if any of you remember this, if any of y'all go way back with Riverside, but at one point when I was on staff here uh, about a decade ago, Pastor Bobby had this idea where he said, hey, we're not doing screens anymore. You got to bring your Bible to church. You remember that, Pastor Bobby, when you did that? (laughs) He's like, I want people to bring their Bibles to church. And so I I was texting uh, the team because I was late getting my notes in as per usual. And I was just like, well, they can just bring their own Bibles if we don't have all the scriptures. It's all right. So that's just an excuse. I'm, that, I was just giving myself an excuse. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Let's get it together, Alex. Come on. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I want you to pay attention to that sequence there. Jerusalem. Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And now we're going to skip ahead to Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Basically what we're skipping over is the day of Pentecost that uh, there were about 120 people in an upper room in a home and they were praying and waiting on the promise of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit fell. It was like tongues of fire. They began to speak in other languages. Uh, 3,000 people were saved in one day. It's revival. Come on, somebody. If, if you grew up like me, I don't, I don't remember much from my childhood, but I remember Acts chapter 2. That's, I, it was preached about 10% of you got that if you grew up Pentecostal. About every sermon went back to Acts chapter 2. Um, but but I, I skipped ahead because, and this is going to tie in, this is going to be very crucial for tonight, because after all that breakthrough, after all that explosion of growth, 3,000 people in one day, this is what we pick up in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. All the believers devoted themselves, say devoted, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over all them, them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Each day, he added those who were being saved. I want to talk to you for uh, just a few minutes tonight about this idea, a healthy home front. A healthy home front. Let's pray together. Bless God's word. Dear Lord, we thank you for this atmosphere. We pray that you would speak to us tonight, that this would not be my words, that it would not be a speech. It wouldn't be a talk, Lord, but that this would be your word, Lord. We want to receive from you. Speak to us, Lord. Your servants are listening. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen, amen. Come on, high five somebody and you can have a seat. A healthy home front. Hey, question for you. How, how many people in here, maybe watching online, drop it in the chat. How many of you would consider yourself a homebody? You say, hey, I just like being at home. Okay, good. Come on, show it. Be, be loud and proud. Come on. All right. Well, that's, that's a lot of people. A homebody. Uh, you just like to go home. <laughs> what are you doing this weekend? I'm going home. Uh, especially with this inflation. That's all I can afford to do is go home and enjoy, enjoy my house. Uh, that's my amusement. But you've got your whole little setup at home. If you're a homebody, uh, you've, you've got your favorite kind of comfy outfit. You got a little matching set going on. You got a robe. Uh, maybe if, you know, most of us guys, we got our favorite pair of basketball shorts or athletic shorts that we throw on. Uh, maybe you got a big hoodie that you put on. You got that snack that you like. Maybe you, you do some Grubhub or some Postmates or something. Uh, maybe you, you go to HEB and get all the chips. You got the comfort TV show. Where are all my comfort TV show people at? 
Um, don't judge us, okay? I know some of you are like, I like to read. I like to read too, but I also like to watch TV. Um, but for maybe it's for you, it's The Office, it's, it's Friends, uh, whatever. You just put it on and you've seen it a million times and it's comfortable and now you're, just, you're just a homebody. Now, there's about 47% of you in here that are saying that sounds like a literal nightmare. I would hate to do that. I have to be around people. I have to be around noise. Uh, this is where me and my wife are very different because I enjoy going to crowded places. Like, I'm just like, I just like the energy. I just want to walk around um, on, on Christmas Eve, or probably not Christmas Eve because we're going to be in church, but uh, around that weekend, I'm probably going to go to the mall just to, just to get the vibes. Just I'm not even going to buy anything. I just like to be with the noise and the crowd and the hustle and bustle. And my wife is like, let's order it. Let's get it shipped. Let's get, we, we are getting H-E-B curbside. I like to go in H-E-B. This is a, this is a, a discussion we have quite often. I like to go in H-E-B. She likes to do curbside, but they always get the curbside wrong. That's why, anyways. I know we have many H-E-B employees that go to church here. I love you. But being a, being a homebody is great, but, but, but imagine this. Imagine if you, you get ready to, you know, turn on your favorite show and your internet is out. And you, you go to get on your comfortable clothes and you realize that they're dirty or maybe you realize that they're, they're damaged in some way. There's a hole in them. There's something like that. Maybe, uh, maybe your significant other threw them out because they're, they're getting a little, little raunchy. Uh, but it's just not. And, and then you're like, you're, you're like, man, I can't wait to get home and just relax. And you get home and your AC's broken or your heater's broken uh, you, you're like, I'm gonna just take a hot, nice shower and, and, and your hot water heater's broken. Like there are things where it's like, okay, this nice, comfortable environment that was gonna recharge me and rejuvenate me and get me all excited and just all warm and fuzzy. Now it is the exact opposite. Now I'm not recharged. Now I'm aggravated. Now I gotta spend more money. Now I'm upset. And this, this is not the relaxing environment that I was hoping for. And whether you're a homebody or not, I think we can all agree our homes are a place that, that we go to for solitude. We go to after a long day of, of work or school, and we're like, okay, I'm going to go home. I'm going to decompress. This is, this is my safe place. This is, uh, this is my, my solitude. And, and I understand maybe there are some people in here where, where home isn't the safest place for you, but that would be our hope for you is that you can go to that place of solitude. And when home isn't right, it affects everything else. When your home situation isn't right, uh, again, whether it's just something practical, like you don't have hot water, well, it's going to be a real rough shower for you in the morning. That's just going to, unless you're one of those guys, okay, the cold showers, we, we know, we see you post about it all the time. It's okay. Um, me and Pastor Bobby, we're, we're ice bath guys. We, we get it. Um, but, but it's just going to, it's going to kind of set the, the, the atmosphere for the whole day. If your home life isn't right, it's going to affect everything else. Let's get more serious for a moment. If your home life is affected, it's going to affect your work. It's going to affect your school. Uh, you're not going to be able to perform as well because you're going to be distracted thinking about, man, things aren't right at home. And, and as I was thinking about this, I, I thought about this, this word, home front. And um, I, don't, I don't really know why it came to my mind. Maybe it was the Holy Spirit. But I began to think of this word, the home front. And this word was popularized during World War II when so many young men were shipped overseas to fight in the war that many of the production and many of the things that uh, typically those men would have been doing, there were these huge voids and many women that in that time would have been working at home stepped up and started doing machine work. And you had, uh, I think it was Rosie the Riveter, kind of this, this image of, of, of women stepping up and leading and in, in, in building tanks and all these different things. You even had kids where they would collect scrap metal and, and do all these different things to contribute because they realize, and you can look all throughout history. I, I love, you know, uh, documentaries and, and war strategy and different things. In, in any kind of battle, you can get so overextended as a, as a fighting force. And if you don't take care of your home base, if you don't take care of your home front, it doesn't matter how well you're doing on the fighting front. If home front is not taken care of, you're going to lose the war. Because even if you win at the front lines, if you lose everything at home, what are we even fighting for? That's why the Bible says, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? 
What, what, what does it profit to make a lot of money if you lose your home? And when I speak of home, I'm talking about your, 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 your family life. I'm talking about your devotion to God. What, what does it profit to get that promotion if your kids never see you? What, what, what does it profit to get another degree if, if it's really only for your own pride and just so that you can say, well, look what I did. What, what, what is it profiting you to put yourself so far out there that you begin to lose touch of what's happening at home? And, and this is what I think would have been easy for the disciples to do because the disciples, the, specifically the 12 apostles, they, they were in a, in a growth season. It would have been very easy for them in Acts chapter two, when 3,000 people get saved in one day and everybody's speaking in tongues and there's miracles. If this were in 2023, 2024, this would be like live streamed. It would be all over TikTok, all over Reels. Look what God's doing at our church. Donate to us right now. Come, come into a city near you. Come on, let's be real. Uh, we're, we're, coming, we're having a revival service in a city next to you. And, and it, and it would have even made sense in a way because, again, what did Jesus tell them? Jesus said, you're going to get power and you're going to go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and unto the ends of the earth. And so I think if we read this, it would be easy to say, okay, Acts chapter 2, verse 41, when 3,000 people get saved, like, this is it. Let's go. Let's expand. Let's build. Let's grow. I, and that's the type of person I am. I'm, the, I'm like, Let's go, let's start this thing, let's start that thing, let's, let's go here, let's go there. But it's easy to overextend ourselves and not be ready and not be able to maintain what God blesses us with, not be able to maintain the doors that God opens. And so instead of expanding, they had to do this thing called developing. <laughs> instead, of, instead of exploding their ministry, they had to slow down a little bit. And I think this is something we have to be very careful of in our own home life is we're talking about, okay, we want to impact the world. And again, Pastor Caleb did such an incredible job as we have that domino effect that can impact generations and impact the city and impact all these different things. But if we're so focused on impacting others and we forget about what's happening in our own home, what's happening in our own life, what's happening in our own soul, it's not going to profit anyone. We're just gonna be another statistic of man, well, they were doing great for God and then they blew up or, or, or they lost it all because they were so focused on the next thing. Let me go to the next thing. Let me push. Let me, let me do all this stuff instead of developing. And so Jerusalem was, was the home base for early Christianity. Just to kind of give you a, a, a quick history lesson, Jerusalem, uh, you have the, uh, the, the council at Jerusalem. This is where they fought through a lot of the issues. And I say fought because it, it really was almost like a fist fight. Uh, if you read it, they fought through some issues as far as uh, what do Gentiles have to do, believe, to, do to be a believer? Can, can you really even be a believer if you're a Gentile? Or is, is salvation only for the Jews? This is where they would discuss a lot of these things. This is where they would appoint missionaries and apostles and say, okay, you're allowed to take the gospel to this place. This, this was the home base uh, for Christianity. And, and, and I, I can imagine them just very quickly being like, okay, we got Jerusalem. Now let's go on to the next thing. Like, we're good. We had, we had the upper room. We had 3,000 people. What's, what's the next thing? And I think that they wanted to deploy before they developed. They wanted to deploy into their destiny deploy into their ministry, kind of tying back into this military uh, allegory and metaphor here. They wanted to go to the front lines before they were really developed. And so many of us want to de deploy, but we need to develop. You, you hear us talk a lot about around here about developing uh, roots, that many people, they want to develop fruit before they develop roots. But you have to grow deeper before you grow higher or before you grow outward, before you start developing uh, fruit, before you start bearing all this different fruit, you have to bear roots. And so I just wanna give you a few things of, of how we can start to develop because what is, the, what is the word that I had you say at the very beginning? The way that they developed is they devoted themselves. If, if you're gonna develop, if you're gonna create a, a, a healthy home front, you have to devote yourself. Pastor Bobby kind of hit on it in, in the beginning and I wasn't 
going to talk about this too much, but it, since, he, since he brought it up, this is such a time of year where many people begin to coast. Many people begin to say, you know, hey, I'm just going to pick it up in January. Uh, you know, I, I had my goals. I had my things that I was going to do. And, you know, hey, I'm, I'm going to really get on fire for God. We got first fruits coming in January. We got the fast coming in January. I'll pick it up then. You know, my, my Bible reading plan, I, I messed it up. And so I'll pick it up in January. We, we push off these different things. And really what it is is we are not devoting ourselves to really digging deep and growing in God. We're, we're really pushing these things off and say, well, I'm going to do it tomorrow. I'm going to do it next year. I'm, one day I'm, I'm going to get there. But you have to make a decision that you're going to devote yourself to the things of God. It's very easy to say, I want a healthy home life. I want an amazing marriage. I want godly kids. I, I, I want to have a great family. I want to have a great career that honors God. It's great to say all those things, but are you going to devote yourself to what it takes to getting those things? Because as we read through Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47, towards the end, it talks about all the miraculous signs they did. They did signs and wonders, and, and then it says it added to the church daily. And, and I think what I've seen and, and I've experienced in my life is we want that part. I want the miracles. I want the breakthrough. I want the people being added to the church daily, but we skip over what are you devoting yourself to? Are, are you doing the things that it took in order for them to get that result? I think many times we try to change the recipe, but we want the same result. Have you ever done that before? You, you get a recipe and you're like, yeah, that, I know that's a recipe, but I wanna add a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and I think this will be better. And then you realize this is not at all what I wanted. This is not good anymore. It may have even just been a little change. And, and I think this is what we can often do is we can want to tweak it. Well, do I really have to pray? Do I, do I really have to come to church? I know, I know the Bible says this, but does it really mean that? Maybe we can tweak this and we can tweak that. And, you know, we want and, and we, we, we get, change the recipe and we're not going to get the same result if we don't use the same recipe. And so I, I wanna just dive in for the last few minutes about these things that are listed as far as what these early believers did. I'm, I'm a very simple guy. I think we make Christianity too complicated oftentimes. I think we have to go back, like we literally have an instruction manual right here. Um, we have the book of Acts and I think the book of Acts is incredible because it shows us the birth of the church. It shows us the birth of Christianity. But I, I, I love that, you know, the book of Acts ends in Acts chapter 28, but I really think that we are living Acts chapter 29. Really, all it is is the story of the church has continued to grow. The Acts, of, really, it's called the Acts of the Apostles, but I would argue it's really be called the Acts of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is empowering us to continue the mission that the apostles started of going into the ends of the earth. And so if we're gonna be the Acts chapter 29, if we're gonna be the next step, then what do we have to do? What are the processes? What are the steps that we take to have this healthy home front? The first thing is, the apostles' doctrine. The apostles' doctrine. It said that they studied the apostles' doctrine. Here's, here's, here's a simple, very simple truth. You have to figure out what you believe. If you want a strong family, if you want a strong faith, you have to figure out and decide what you believe. You can go back and forth and back and forth. Well, I heard this person say this and that person, but at some point, you're gonna have to decide where do you stand? Where do you draw the line? What do you believe? And there are some things, this is, churches have done this since the beginning of the church in Acts chapter two, where there are some things that we say are non-negotiable. There are other things that are negotiable. Hey, you can believe that, I can believe that. It's not a salvation issue. But there are some things that we have to decide, what are we gonna believe? Especially in this world today. Second Timothy chapter four, verse three. They don't have it on the screens. That's why you gotta bring your Bible. See how I did that? 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3 says, For a time is coming. Now, this was 2,000 years ago. I, I think we might be there. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look. Now, get this. They will look for teachers, not just follow their own desires. They're going to look for teachers that will tell them, whatever their itching ear wants to hear. So it's not just that they're doing their own thing, they're actually finding teachers 
that will tell them whatever they want to hear. Let me tell you this. There are going to be a lot of voices that tell you how you should have a marriage. There are going to be a lot of voices, even people claiming to be Christian, that are going to tell you how you should raise your children. They're going to tell you how you should uh, interpret sexuality and how you should interpret gender and all these different things. You're going to have to make a decision. What do you believe? What do you believe for your household? Where do you have a stance on things? Because again, I, I was talking with a pastor friend just a week ago, and he was telling me about an issue that he was having in his church because there was a, a, a couple in his church and they had been having some marriage issues. Uh, I, I believe there had been some infidelity, but they were wanting to restore things. They were going to Christian counseling. They were putting in the work. They wanted to make it work. And the, the, the Christian counselor that they were paying told them that they needed to get a divorce. Even though they were trying to reconcile, even though they wanted to reconcile, and they were so confused because they're like, we don't want to get it. We want to work this out. Like, that's why we came to you. And she's like, no, your personalities are too different, and it's okay. You guys can just, you're never going to work anyways. And it's like, what do you believe? Have you decided what the doctrine is for you? Because you will always be able to find somebody that tells you what you want to hear. Especially in the world of YouTube and Google and TikTok theologians, you will always be, all you got to do is Google, is blank a sin or not? Well, there's 13 that say it's a sin, but that 14th one said it wasn't a sin, so I'm going to go with that one. They got 13 followers, but I believe that they are the, the authority there. Come on, you know you've done it. What does God say about this? Is God okay with this? The, the, my youth pastor days, how, how far is too far with my girlfriend? <laughs> Y'all know it's real, you know. And I've even experienced this as, as, a, as a pastor and a leader, and, and it, 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 it really grieves me because there are some people that they are not looking for the truth. They're just looking for affirmation. So they'll say, well, I, I really feel this way, what, what does God have to say about that? And I'll be like, well, you know, this scripture and this passage, yeah, but I really feel this way. You're not, you're not looking for truth then, you're just looking for affirmation. And so that's where, and this is a whole other topic, that's where we have to lay down our pride. That's where we have to humble ourselves before the Lord and say, God, I, I don't know, maybe I am wrong about this situation, but I'm gonna come to you and let me see what your word says. Again, and I just want to encourage, especially as we're talking about a church in a home, that the home is being attacked like crazy. The family is being attacked like crazy right now. And there are so many people that are going to tell you what you should believe, how you should do things. That's why even here at Riverside, we'll say all the time, hey, go look up what we say in the Bible for yourself. Test it for yourself. We're not scared of that because we believe that we've gotten it from the word. And, and if we do need to make a correction, we're humble enough to, to do that. But test it for yourself because there are a lot of people that are not telling you the truth. And so, Apostles Doctrine, is that, is that okay? Three minutes and 14 seconds left. I think Pastor CJ preached for an hour last week, so I'm good. Love you, CJ. The second thing that they did is they had fellowship. And, and really the word here, and what I'd like for you to write down is koinonia, K-O-I-N-O-N-I-A, like koinonia, koinonia, or koinonia. Acts chapter two, verse 44, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. Now, ushers, if you guys wouldn't mind coming forward, I'm just, I'm just playing just play it, just play it. We already took up the offering, don't worry. They shared everything they had, but, but this is what's crazy about Christianity. And, and I think a lot of times what we have to do, especially if you grew up in church or you grew up around church, sometimes we have to peel back kind of these like very just like almost like a varnish on Christianity where it's just nice and polished and oh, that's so nice. I'm a Christian, I go to church, but like let's get back to what it actually meant when, when, the, when the believers were first called Christians, they weren't called Christians right away. 
for years, they were called followers of the way, followers of the way of Jesus. And the first time that they were called Christians, the Bible says, was in Antioch. And the reason they were called Christians in Antioch, it wasn't just like, oh, wow, you follow Christ. That's so cool. We're going to call you Christians. That wasn't why. It was because Antioch was so divided. It was divided by ethnicity. It was a very diverse city. It was divided by classes in that day and age, especially a very class system where, you know, the the upper people live on this side. You have slave communities. You have communities of people that are uh, more the, the working class and the servants, and they're all very divided. But then you had this weird group of people where it's like, wait, the slaves and the rich people are eating dinner at the same table. And, 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 the, and the, wait, the, the, the governor and the farmer's kids are hanging out together and playing together. And they're, wait, they're, the governor's actually helping the, the farmer pay for stuff that he needs. And when he, like, we, we can't put a label on these people because everybody in Antioch had a label. Well, you're from that neighborhood. Well, you're that ethnicity. Well, you're that class of person. It was very divided. And they couldn't put a label, so they finally said, you know what, these people are always talking about Christ, we're going to call them the Christians. And it was honestly somewhat of a slur, because they were saying, you, you're, you are not keeping up with the social norms. You are not keeping up with the way things should be. You shouldn't be hanging out with those people. Whether it's higher or lower, hey, if you're a lower person, you don't deserve to hang out with the higher person. Hey, if you're a higher person, you don't need to uh, downgrade yourself and hang out with that lower person. But they said, no, no, no. Christ has told us that there's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither male nor female, that we've all become new in Christ. We're gonna all come together and have this supernatural community, this supernatural fellowship where we're actually gonna help each other. We're actually gonna love each other. Like instead of us having a relationship and I'm friends with you as long as it benefits me, but then when it gets hard, I'm gonna ghost you. Instead of doing that, we're actually gonna be there for each other. Like novel idea, right? We're actually gonna support each other. Like when you have a need, we're actually gonna show up. Instead of being like, oh man, I'm sorry, I didn't see your text. You know, anyways, can I borrow your boat this weekend? (laughs) We're actually gonna be with, it was a supernatural community. And this is something my dad talks about a lot is, that this supernatural community, this koinonia, that this is one of the most supernatural elements of the church. And it's one of the areas that we need the spirit the most because it's the thing that the enemy attacks the most. Because I don't know if you realized or not, but people don't just really get along these days. I don't know if, you, I don't know if, if you've noticed or not, but people are very mean. People get very upset. People get very offended very easily. But we have to move beyond that and say, no, even if we are offended, even if we don't like each other a little bit, even if we are a little bit different, God has called us to have this supernatural community because there's something powerful about when we come together. If for nothing else, it shows the rest of the world that we are submitted to a higher authority than our preferences and our background and our ethnicity and our... 401k status and our W-2 earnings, like we are submitted to something different. We come together. When you look around a church, many of us would never interact with each other if it were not for the church. And it's a, a picture to everyone else that, hey, there is a place where we can still set aside those things by the power of the Spirit, not by our own self, not by our own power, but through this heavenly, this this community, this supernatural koinonia, we can come together and we can build each other up. We can support each other. I I know me and Pastor Bobby talk about a lot, but I I think it was the original plan of God for uh, the believers to come together and us to support each other, n- not in a way, I know when we read this, like, hey, they gave away everything and they just kind of, it kind of sounds like almost this, uh, you know, put it all in a big pot and, you know, whatever. But I think what it really was is, hey, hey, there's some people that have resources. So let's help give you some resources so that we can help build you up Hey, I'm a business person. I, I, I have resources. Let me help you start a business so that you can help another person start a business. Hey, you, you, you're a single mom. You can't send your kids to college. Why don't we all come together and send your kids to college so that they can break that generational cycle of poverty and lack of education? Let, let's come together. Let's support each other. Let's break off some things because we're better together than we are on our own. And that's the picture of the early church. It's a supernatural type of community. And I believe the reason the enemy fights this so hard is because the enemy knows if he can keep us fighting with each other, 
we won't fight him. If we're so busy fighting at the home front, if we're so busy taking care of things back, we're so, everything's so disorderly, everything's so much in chaos, we're never gonna be able to go out and push back the boundaries of darkness. We're never gonna be able to go back and, and, and push things out of Victoria and out of this county and all the things that God's called us to do. We're never gonna be able to do that if we're always occupied with arguing with each other. Always occupied with proving each other who's right and who's wrong and well, I'm more holy than you are and who cares? Paul said my righteousness is like filthy rags. And that was Paul. So who am I? <laughs> Let's be honest. So it's a supernatural, and again, I think it's a trick of the enemy to get us so focused on fighting with each other that we don't fight him. The next thing, number three that they focused on is prayer. And I'm not gonna spend too long on this because we talk about prayer here a lot at Riverside. Pastor Bobby, our other pastors have many incredible teachings. You can look on our app on YouTube. But Acts chapter two, verse 42, all the believers devoted themselves, again, devoted, they committed. The, the, the translation for this that I read today is, is something along the lines of showing up every day or showing up consistently would be the modern translation of that word. They devoted themselves, the apostles teaching to fellowship, sharing of meals and to prayer. You gotta pray. You gotta pray. And we have to realize that prayer, and, and it's hard for me to communicate this, but we have to get out of this thing of prayer is something I gotta do so that God's happy with me. That's not what prayer is. Prayer is not this thing where I gotta, I gotta go put my 15 minutes in today so that God's happy with me. I gotta go put my 15 minutes in so that nothing bad happens to me today. I, 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 gotta, I gotta put in my, it, it's like, you know, it's like a, like a visitation or something. We gotta, go, we gotta go see Jesus for a few minutes and, you know, it's, that's not what it is. Prayer, it, prayer accomplishes so much. Smith Wigglesworth says this, I don't often spend more than half an hour in prayer, but I never go more than half an hour without praying. I don't often spend more than a half an hour in prayer, but I never go more than a half an hour without praying. So we think, I, I gotta, I gotta pray for an hour. No, maybe you just pray for five minutes right now. And then in 30 minutes, you pray for another two minutes. And then an hour, you pray, for an, you pray for another few minutes. And you're like, well, how do I know what to pray about? Here is my very simple solution. What are you worried about? Very simple. Because you're, you're probably worried about something. If you're not worried about anything, maybe that's the thing for you to worry about. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just trying to put some anxiety on you. I'm just... Just play it. <laughs> Philippians chapter four says this, be anxious for nothing, but pray about everything. So you're like, I don't, know what I, I don't know what to pray about. I don't know what to pray. I'm trying to pray, but all I can think about right now is that meeting with my boss tomorrow. I, I can't, even, can't even focus on prayer because I got that meeting with my boss tomorrow. God, I, just, I wish I could just focus on praying to you, because, but I'm just so worried about Just a simple tweak. God, I'm just, I'm stressed right now and I just, I need your presence to come into my life and I don't know what's gonna happen with this meeting tomorrow and I don't know what's gonna go on but I pray that your spirit would go with me. Guide my words, God. Give me wisdom what to say. Uh, uh, allow me to see if I did something wrong. Expose it to me now so that I can own up. God, uh, be with me there. Whew. All right, now let me get back to, let me get back to what I was doing. Some of you are like, that's, that's too simple. Well, let's get that down, and then we can go to the third heaven and all that, you know? <laughs> Man, my ki I just, I don't know what I'm gonna do for my, my kids this Christmas, and it's just, I wanna provide for them, and this has been a tough year, and this is, and this is God, I, I, I feel so inadequate as a, as a parent. I've been doing my best, Lord, but I thank you for what we have. God, I thank you for what you've provided so far. Lord, we thank you for what you're gonna do in our life. God, provide, you provide all of our needs, Lord. You give an answer to every situation. It's a small tweak. And you're gonna realize that all those little problems that are messing up your home front, 
all those little things that you have. I just, I don't know how to communicate with my spouse. And I don't, I don't know how, well, there's, there's a lot of resources out there. But first thing, God, I just, I'm getting home from work right now. And I know that when I get home from work, we usually get into an argument because we're, we're both stressed out from work. And God, I'm just, would you please just give me the words to say? Would you give me peace in this moment? Would you allow us to be able to love each other and support each other? And you're gonna find that all those things in that, that home life is gonna start to shift because you're bringing God into the center of it. Because you're, instead of saying, hey, I'm gonna take care of this, I'm gonna make it happen, it's like, no, God, I'm gonna come to you, I'm gonna give it to you. If it's, you can write this down. If it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. If it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. And, and let me say this as well, because this is something that even recently I've heard several times. God is not limited God does not have a thousand answered prayers a day. And then he's like, sorry, we're out for today. Come back tomorrow, 6 a.m. We open 5 a.m. if you're on the East Coast, you know. No, our God is an unlimited God. The Bible says that he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, which means he's got all the resources. You don't have to say, well, you know, I, I just, I feel bad for praying for myself because my friend's really going through some hard things. Great, pray for them and then pray for yourself and God can take care of both of it. If it's big enough for you to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. Worship team, you guys can come. The last thing is it said that, that we, to have a healthy home front, all these different things. Again, we wanna push forward. We wanna knock down those dominoes. Go check out Sunday's sermon from Pastor Caleb. We wanna go into Judea and Samaria and into the ends of the earth. We wanna get to all that. But first, we gotta take care of Jerusalem. We've gotta develop some things. Even very practically, like something happened with the disciples where uh, there were widows that were getting free food and they started arguing because they said, well, that family gets more free food than this family and they're from that side of town and they're treated better. And so disciples, what are are y'all gonna do with that? That was something they had to figure out. Like these are the guys that are gonna go on to rock the world, go on to write all these scriptures. But hey, first of all, we gotta figure out what's like our, What's like our food situation? Like what's our, how, shout, shout out to our, our Riverside staff. What's like our, our, our serve team lunch on Sundays? Like how do we, who's, who's doing that? I know we're gonna all shake the world. We're gonna have a revival and all that sort of thing, but we gotta, we gotta take care of our volunteers. Like who, who's, who's cleaning up all the, the dirty diapers in the kids ministry right now? Cause we, we, yeah, we wanna we want preach to the nations, but also we gotta take care of these little kids and somebody gotta take out the trash real quick. Those are real things. They had to get the things figured out in the home base before they could go forward. Make, make, make it practical for some of you that before you go to that thing you're reaching for, some of you are single in this place and you're like, I just, I wanna have a family. I wanna I want have a marriage. I'm, that, that's the thing you're looking at. That, that's, that's incredible. But before you get there, why don't you evaluate yourself? Why don't you begin to do some self-work? Why don't you say, am, am I the person that's ready to be a spouse? Am I the person that's ready to be a parent? And newsflash, you're never gonna feel ready to be a parent, but have I developed myself? Me and Pastor Bobby were talking a little bit this afternoon and we, we have many business owners and, and people that are in leadership positions. And, and I feel like honestly, our church has kind of an anointing for that because there's many people that, you know, the rest of the world would be like, you are, you are never gonna be able to accomplish that. And then they come to Riverside and it's like, how did, how did they start that business? How did they get so successful? I, yeah, come on, let's give God praise for that. I, and, and I think just while I've got the microphone, I, I think we have to give honor to the Rivera family. That's a part of their anointing, a part of their apostolic anointing. A, a simple principle is the anointing flows down And so if you wanna receive something from someone, you need to submit to them. If you wanna receive their anointing, that's just for free, throwing that out there to somebody. But they have to, so in business, before, if you're like, hey, I I wanna open multiple locations. I wanna expand. I need to hire more people. Okay, but are you solid right now? Have you evaluated things right now? Are, Are you ready for that? Have you developed the roots that can sustain that? We all want the big tree. We all want the fruit. But do we have the roots to hold it? The last thing that they did is they worshiped together. They worshiped together. Write this down. If you want a healthy home, 
you need to be connected to a healthy church. If you want a healthy home, you need to be connected to a healthy church. I think it's interesting that it says that they were meeting house to house, but it still says that they were going to the temple daily. And even though they had been transferred into the new covenant, as Jews, they had a commitment, they devoted themselves to going to the temple. And we've talked a lot about the temple, the tabernacle, and go through our series talking about priesthood. But I think more than an obligation, they realized this is an opportunity for us to come together with our community. It's not an obligation. It's not something I have to do. It's something I get to do. Because I don't always feel like worshiping. Like, I don't always feel like singing. Sometimes I sing real loud when I'm by myself because nobody can judge me. But sometimes I don't, but when I get together with other believers, even if I'm having a, a tough day, and you see it even in services like today, where maybe you're having some darkness and maybe you're having some heaviness. And that's why we have pastors. That's why we have people that have uh, specifically an apostolic anointing that, that can come in and say, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna correct some things in here. I know Pastor Bobby does it much more fluid than that, but that's basically what he's doing. Hey, this, this atmosphere isn't right. We're, go, we're gonna come in here and we're gonna shift some things. And it's not, it's not putting anybody down. It's not saying, oh, well, you're, you're not strong enough to shift it by yourself. Oh, you can't pray through by yourself. Oh, wow, well, look at, look at you. No, 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 that's, that's condemnation. That's from the enemy. That's not from God. That's why we come together as believers because, hey, I may be having a down day today, but somebody in here is gonna be having a good day today. And, and that's why the Bible says it's better that two walk together so that one falls, the other can lift them up. The other can encourage them, can pray for them, can say, hey, you're gonna make it through. I know it's been a tough week. I know you're staring down the, the barrel of some tough decisions right now, but God's got you. I don't know if God's got me. Hey, man, God's got you. Remember when this thing happened? My wife did this to me today. I was just like in one of those moods. I've been having a, a lot go on at work, and it's just, it's all good, but it's just busy right now. It's just Q4. It's busy. And she's like, remember when God did this? And I bet you this is going to happen. And I, I had, a, I had a, a stressful phone call that I had to make today. And, and we, were, we were talking and she's like, babe, I know you're gonna get on there and this is gonna happen. And then I'm like, probably not, probably not. Yeah, right. You don't even know, babe. You don't even know how hard it is, okay? It's a Zoom call, okay? And everything worked out great. And even though we're married, that's a picture of what happens when we come together as believers. And, and then let's go ahead and stand together right now. We're gonna, we're gonna put this into practice. But you may be sitting there like, I just, I just don't feel it. No, 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 not everybody's expressive. Not everybody's gonna be jumping and leaping and all that stuff. But you know when you're in one of those, ugh, just. But it's hard when you've got somebody next to you that's worshiping, that's praising God, that's saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for all you've done. That starts to rub off on you a little bit. And I think that's why they devoted themselves. They said, hey, this is gonna be a commitment. And can I encourage you, especially in this holiday season, even as we go into the new year, let me encourage you, make a commitment to church. Make a commitment to being in the house of God. And this series is all about having church at home, which I, I understand and obviously that is the, the main focal point. But again, there's something about when a whole lot of houses come together and it's like, hey, this, this is kind of like one big house. This, this is kind of like big, big house with lots and lots of room. Anybody remember that song? Backyard where we can play football. That's all, I always love that part. But that's really what we're doing is we're coming together. And if God wants to bless one of you with a house that can fit all of us, we can come have church at your house. But until then, we're gonna come to Cozy Circle and we're gonna start rubbing elbows with each other. And we're gonna do what Pastor Bobby did just a few minutes ago where we say, hey, we're gonna, break off some of that shame. We're going to break off some of that condemnation. We're, we're, going to, we're going to get healthy 
before we go back into our work tomorrow, before we go back into a situation where we're going to be attacking hell and we're going to be fighting demons and we're going to be doing all these things, sometimes we got to come back to home base a little bit. We got to come to the home front a little bit. We got to get some good food. We got to get some rest. We got to get built up. We got to go to the the, the A tent, whatever we've got to do. We're going to get built back up because once we get healthy, once those roots get deep, God is sending us into all the world. He is sending us beyond these four walls. He is sending us into your workplace. He is sending you into your school. He is sending you into the university. He is sending you into the hospital. He is sending you into the nations to be a missionary. He is sending you into ministry. He is sending you into all those things. But let's get healthy first. Let's get healthy first. The last thing I'll say and it's been a little bit more teachy. Normally, I like to get all crazy at the end of service, but we, we've really already had a breakthrough today. And I, I just felt this, maybe just for someone, one of the reasons we need to remember to come together is to remind you that you're not alone. There are a lot of Christians that love God, that pray, that worship, that read their Bible, but they feel like they are alone. Maybe you're the only one in your family Maybe you're the only one of your coworkers. Maybe you're new to the area and you just don't know anybody yet. And you're just like, I feel like I'm doing this all on my own. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm fighting all these battles on my own. You know, when Jesus sent out the apostles, he sent them out two by two. Because he knew that even the apostles were gonna feel that way. They were gonna feel like they're alone. Come on, the, the prophet Elijah called fire down from heaven few verses later, God, I'm the only one that loves you. I'm the only true prophet. And God's like, no, actually I've got thousands of other ones, but you're just being a little whiny baby. And, but let's be honest. Nobody at that church likes me. Nobody ever talks to me. Do you ever talk to anybody? I knew that wasn't going to get a hand clap. I just, no, nobody ever asked me to do anything. Have, have you gone through growth track? We talk about it every service. I don't know why I'm saying this. Pastor Bobby, forgive me. But come on, you are not alone. In this Christmas season, especially, if you feel like you're alone, maybe you've lost family members, you've lost loved ones, When we say a church family around here, we mean that. We mean that, hey, we're gonna come together. We're gonna be that supernatural coin and aid. It may take some time to get it figured out and and get people to know each other and get their phone number and all that sort of thing, but but we're gonna come together with that supernatural coin and aid. And we're gonna be examples of what it looks like to have healthy homes. I I believe that's such such a, a, a focus for Riverside. If you're here, you'll hear it over and over and over. But that is our goal here, for you to have a healthy home. If you're a single person, represent godliness as a single person. If you're married, if, if, if you have a family, if you have children, at every level, at every stage, if you're a person, if you're a widow or a widower, every stage can represent a home. And we can all show the world, hey, this is what it looks like to have a healthy home. This is what it looks like when you make God the center of your home. When you devote yourself to God, this is how it can change you. These are the results that can come when you devote yourself to God. I just wanna say a blessing over you tonight and we'll close out. If you're you're with right now, someone that's a part of your home, a child, a a spouse, even a roommate, if you're in here and you're you're single people that are living together, you know, roommates, why, why why don't we just join together with our household right now? Lord, I pray that every person on the sound of my voice, every person that's watching online, you would give us the strength to devote ourselves to you, to devote ourselves to your word, to devote ourselves to prayer, to devote ourselves to fellowship, koinonia, to devote ourselves to worshiping together. Lord, when the world wants us to devote ourselves to money, when it wants us to devote ourselves to the hustle, when it wants us to devote ourselves to relationships and, and, and clout and followers and, all, and vacations and keeping up with the Joneses, God, when it wants us to devote our time to all those things, Lord, we say we're going to make time for you. 
Lord, we're going to devote ourselves to you. We're going we're gonna to make sure that you are at the top of our priority. And I pray now, God, that if there's any home in this place that has been feeling chaos, if there's any home in this place where there's division, if there's any home in this place where, 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 where there's even spiritual warfare happening, if there's been spiritual attacks in your home, if you've been having nightmares, if your children have been having nightmares, if, uh, if you've been uh, having crazy thoughts and dreams, what, what, we, God, we just speak now that every attack of the enemy over our homes would go in Jesus' name. That every attack over our children would go in Jesus' name. That every attack over our marriages would go now in Jesus' name. That every attack over purity of singleness would go now in Jesus' name. Lord, we make you front and center of our homes. We make you front and center of our lives. Lord, we devote ourselves to you. We're going to dig deep. We're going to grow roots, God. And we're going to show the world what can happen when instead of trying to show how great we are, we just say, God, we're giving it all to you. Whatever comes into my life, you give it and you take it. Blessed be the name of the Lord. God, you give me the promotion. You don't give me the promotion. I'm going to praise you. Lord, you give me the raise or you don't give me the raise. I'm going to praise you. God, you heal me. You don't heal me. I'm going to praise you. God, you bring a breakthrough. You don't bring a breakthrough. I'm going to praise you because no matter what the winds of culture say, no matter what the storm of this world says, my roots are deep. I am devoted. I am growing deeper in God. I am planted by the rivers of God. And whatever I do shall prosper. Come on, somebody. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling the, the, come on, I want to speak to a home right now. Some of you that feel like you have a generational curse over your home. You have a generational curse, a generational cycle of divorce over your home. We break that off of your family right now. Those of you that have a generational cycle of addiction, of alcoholism, we break that off of you right now. Come on, it may have come through your family, but it's going to stop with you. It's going to stop with the blood of Jesus. Come on, some of you have a, 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 a curse that has been spoken over you of poverty. Come on, we don't believe in the prosperity gospel, but we believe in the provision gospel that my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. You say, Pastor Alex, I'm a dropout. I don't have anything good. It's not about your riches and glory. It's for his glory. My story is for his glory. Whatever God does in my life, whatever God does in my home, it's not because of me, but it's because of him. Now, come on, why don't you just lift your voices? Just break that off of you right now. Whatever that is in your life, break it off of you right now. Come on, release it right now. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.